live from the mysterious mist enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters. You're listening to X and Y on the Fly, the dating podcast with your hosts, Scott and Emily. How's it going, everyone? This is Scott McKay. And this is Emily McKay. Welcome to a long overdue and we hope at least much anticipated brand new episode of X and Y on the Fly. All right. It's been a while. It's time for us to do this again. Yeah, what, three or four years? <laughs> well, we've been busy. Yeah, well, just when everybody thought we had pod faded, and they were right, because we were busy with other things, uh, namely a bunch of children, right. gallivanting around the world, other podcasts. That's right. Here we are again by popular demand. I actually pulled my list of guys who read my newsletter, and the women also. And overwhelmingly, they said, yes, you two need to get in front of the mic again, do a podcast for all of us, not just the guys. And so here we are. And one of the things about X and Y on the Fly is we talk about dating and relationships, right, Emily? We do. It's not just about dating because even after you've dated, guess what? You're in a relationship. You got to do something with it to make it last. Well, you're also still dating. That's true. If you know what you're doing. It should never end, right? It should never end. But the interesting thing is uh, coming up with not only dating, but relationship topics that are both interesting and potentially entertaining. Yes. Shouldn't be so difficult, but sometimes it really is. Well, some people say it's work. To have a relationship. Yeah. But if you're doing it right, it shouldn't be work. It should be fun. Play. Yeah. Right. So along those lines today, we're going to have a topic for you that, I don't know, why did it take us so long to come up with this one? Because <laughs> we've been busy raising children. Maybe because it never stopped for us. We're talking about the honeymoon phase. Yes. The much ballyhooed honeymoon phase, which essentially means to most people, most potential couples in particular, at some point we're going to get being sick of each other. Right. But we're still going to be here. Right. The dreamy stage is gone. Yeah. The whole infatuation, we fell in love, somehow dissipates. And you just. Like a phantom. Right. Settle down to a daily life, which is boredom. Go to work, come home, eat, go to sleep, go to work, go home. Routine. Well, we're going to put a new spin on that for you today that maybe you've never thought about. And like we used to do in early shows, we've invited guests to come along with us for this ride. And I couldn't be more pleased to introduce to you the couple that we're having on today. Their names are Justin Stenstrom and Sarah Rudin, and they are not married yet, but they've been dating for a while. And I thought it would be big fun to get their perspective, Emily. Because I think they're still very much in what is classically thought of as the honeymoon stage. And I don't know, maybe we can scare them to death with a 11-year relationship. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm thinking at all. Or encourage them because we're still in our honeymoon stage and we've been married 10 years already. Or here's an original thought. Maybe we can have a co-equal discussion between four people who know what it means to be in love. Excellent. But first, before we get to any of that there, we have to introduce you to these people. Justin and Sarah, it's a pleasure to welcome you guys. Hey, thanks so much, Scott and Emily. I'm so excited to be here. And Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm really excited. Well, we're excited, too. And I say that every time I have a show. But in this case, by God, we haven't had a show in three years. And I think this might be the first time ever in the history of XMI Communications we've had four people vying for the same microphone at the same time. <laughs> that <laughs> is true. Interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Hopefully, it'll actually be listenable and entertaining. So... <laughs> Justin, you and I met uh, when we contacted each other to be on each other's podcasts, and you have a great podcast called the Elite Man Podcast, and I was on that, and you were a guest on what is now called the Mountaintop Podcast. At the time, it was still the Chick Whisperer, 
Uh, we got along, became friends immediately. I spoke at your conference last August, which had to be one of the feel-good men's conferences of all time. It was just a great vibe. And, of course, we all got to meet your girlfriend, Sarah, who's adorable, you know, just <laughs> terrific, friendly, and as cute as she is, bubbly and fun, uh, just like my wife, Emily. Yes, and you can see that Sarah's very much in love with Justin. Yes, you can tell that just from the pictures. <laughs> Absolutely. They're adorable. Isn't that true, Justin? Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate it, too. So today we're going to talk about the honeymoon phase, and I'd like to get your ideas on what that means to you guys. I mean, obviously you're not married yet, but the honeymoon phase is commonly thought of as that touchy-feely time where neither of you can do any wrong. I know the two of you actually have a mature relationship, so I want to get your comments on that. Uh, so <laughs> as much as I think the honeymoon stage exists in every relationship for a period of time, I think it evolves over time. I, I think like you guys have a very interesting relationship, I'd say, just from kind of judging from the outside in. But it looks like you have somehow managed to keep that honeymoon stage as good as it's ever been. And like you said a few minutes ago, I think Emily mentioned, um, you know, after 10 years, you guys still consider yourself being in that honeymoon stage. For us, I think it was a little different. And for most people, I think it's a little different as well. Or like the honeymoon stage evolves over time from being like very, you know, no one can do wrong. There's never any fighting. You're just madly in love with each other for the first whatever, six months, maybe a year. I think ours probably lasted about a year. But it slowly evolves into a relationship where you kind of start to um, understand each other better. You, you start to be around each other. You kind of get each other's quirks and um, flaws, which is a big <laughs> thing that Sarah just said. Um, and, and these things kind of start to change the relationship a little bit and, and kind of take it to a deeper level. So on one hand, it's like, yeah, you, you start to fight a little more. You start to have arguments. You start to kind of bicker about things here and there. But on another level, it's like your intimacy and your relationship, your connection goes like on so on such a deeper level after the honeymoon stage. Do you say that's kind of right? Yeah, I completely agree. Well, yeah, I don't think you're thinking much differently than we are. Justin. Right, right, right. I would say it's when you first meet each other, there's this butterflies in your tummy and this excitement, the anticipation of what the future is going to be like, what you envision the relationship to be like from both perspectives, from his and a hers perspective. And then the reality starts to set in and you start, you know, meshing the pieces together. And if it's a good fit, things go well and you continue the honeymoon stage. And if it's, you know, not a perfect fit, then you try to make things work or, you know, couples tend to go in different directions once that's ended. So the honeymoon stage is just discovering each other and learning about each other. And Justin, you said it beautifully when you said you finally get to get each other. You respect each other's thoughts and ideas and perspectives. Yeah, I guess on one level, the honeymoon phase ends the first time one of you gets either tired or hungry. A cranky. Yeah. Hangry. <laughs> Hangry. Yes. Hangry. <laughs> and there's a horny in there somewhere, too. <laughs> there's a, yeah, I think it, it happens the first time someone's either cranky because they're hungry or tired or horny and the other person's not. <laughs> You know, that's when the honeymoon phase sort of gets an uh-oh attached to it. Yeah. But I love what you said. Yes, there's this bit about, all right, everything's so new and fluffy and wonderful. But I think a lot of times, Justin and Sarah, people think of the honeymoon phase as the time when everything's happy and good. 
then at some point it all evaporates and you're left with just existing together. Like, you know, there's no spark, no flash anymore. And I think that's the part Emily and I would kind of vehemently disagree with in terms of that having to be the case. You know what I mean? It can still be good even if it's not brand new anymore. Yeah. And, you know, just because, you know, you get a new car and it's fresh off the lot, just because it's not new after a couple of weeks or a couple of months doesn't mean it's still not the same car. It's not an unbelievable car. Um, even after a few years, you still have that. I mean, it's the same thing re- with relationships. Just because the person you meet isn't someone brand new who you know you have butterflies with and you're excited about um, being with or maybe even sleeping with for the first time, having sex with, just because it's not brand new and it's not novel doesn't mean it's still not incredibly enjoyable and, and something you can love. And I think, again, it's like you, you take that and, and sort of start unveiling some of the layers and really get to connect on such a deeper level, aside from just like, you know, physically having sex with somebody or physically, um, you know, kissing somebody or being intimate for the first time. It's more like you connect on such a, a more emotional and deeper level. Well, I think if you're tying the honeymoon period specifically to sex, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Especially in this day and age where, you know, couples get together so quickly that the first time is going to happen. And then what? Well, I mean, the first time happens, it's great. You know, I've never been one to understand one night stands because I think if you're going to test drive a Ferrari, you might want to drive the Ferrari more than once. (laughs) No, at the most visceral of levels. I know that sounds really harsh to you women listening. (laughs) But I mean, it's kind of true. I mean, if you've had sex with someone for 10 times, you kind of know your way around them and okay, now we've had sex. So how do you keep sex hot and exciting forever? Well, it's not all about the sex anymore. It's about being best friends. It's about getting each other. It's about connecting. It's like a best friend you can have sex with. (laughs) In part. There's more to it. Friends with benefits. (laughs) Friends with ongoing benefits that aren't contingent on, you know, whether I feel like it or not. We actually still (laughs) like each other. It's a lot of trust. But, you know, the trust and the communication that people talk about so much, we've been saying lately, you guys, about how that really is tied to getting it. And getting each other and and having a relationship where you're optimistic and generous and really wanting to act in each other's best interests. Then it's amazing how the sex doesn't really ever get stale. Right. Because you just love being in each other's arms and cussing. Yeah, that too. I love it. That's my favorite part. Right up there with hair pulling comes the cussing. (laughs) Now, hey, you know, I think that was a Freudian. I think that's why our sex never gets dull is the cussing. Unless, of course, we're hungry or tired. Then we got problems. Oh, goodness. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yes, you just love being in each other's arms because you just get and appreciate each other. And I think part of the honeymoon stage, as you know, most people see it, is when you stop feeling that passion for each other, it's because couples tend to take each other for granted. Okay, so we've had sex for the hundredth time. Okay, so I've seen you, you know, wake up in the morning for the millionth time. Have we done everything together for, you know, who knows how many times? Okay, it's dull. It's boring. And people start taking each other for granted. And when you start doing that, you start mistreating each other. Okay, look, if you've woken up next to each other a million times and only had sex a hundred, <laughs> I think the honeymoon phase is over. Something <laughs> <laughs> like that, yeah, right? But when you mistreat each other, you no longer start to, you can't love or feel warm and fuzzies towards someone who's not treating you right. And when couples start mistreating each other and taking each other for granted and wanting something out of the relationship and not getting towards it, definitely the honeymoon is done. 
Uh oh, that's ye old someone I don't know just jumped out from behind that bush six months later. That's yeah. brutal. You know, do you think that might have something to do with the honeymoon phase being over if people are kind of putting up a front there, Justin, Sarah, just to kind of impress each other? Um, I definitely think so. I feel like after the honeymoon, it's kind of like when all the you kind of see who the person really is besides like under the surface, because I feel like a lot of people put on a front in the beginning. And after a while, you kind of get to see who they really are. So maybe after the honeymoon phase starts to kind of fade, you see who they really are. And maybe it's not somebody you were kind of were expecting and you don't necessarily like. So the feelings might change and that sort of thing might start to happen. Go ahead, Justin. Your turn. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, totally a good point I think Sarah makes. And um, by the way, this is her first podcast. And I think she's doing an awesome job. Yes, you're doing great. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> <laughs> Super nervous, she just said. But the honeymoon phase really is over now. So <laughs> when you can get your girlfriend to come on your podcast, the honeymoon phase is over and you got to keep her. <laughs> now you've been duped into the ultimate. Now you're doing what he does. <laughs> Yeah, you did that to me four months into our relationship. See, that's the difference between me and you, Justin. I got this out of the way quickly. You know, I had oh, her on the podcast, Mike, two months after we met. Wait, Probably a smart man. April. April. February yeah. to April. That's right. Wait, Emily, were you the one, I think, that Scott mentioned on my show? Um, you guys were out riding motorcycles within like the first couple of weeks. And <laughs> you said, uh, can you go, does this thing go any faster or something like <laughs> that? No, Justin, that was another wife. <laughs> that's why I'm laughing. That's the ex. <laughs> yeah, that honeymoon phase is long since over. Just thought oh, I'd okay. Yeah. I was going to say, well, Scott Scott is definitely jumping into things quickly, which I, I definitely respect and appreciate. Um, getting you on the microphone this quick is and in four months is really cool. Um, but yeah, going back to the, the question, I think people certainly – act a different way at first, like in the first maybe six months, first three months. Um, they're trying to, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that neatly either. I mean, everyone's always trying to impress each other and kind of put the best foot forward and, you know, make it work, which is, you know, there's nothing wrong with trying to make it work and figure out um, if you guys are compatible. But I think after a certain period of time, that kind of fades away. And, and, and you know, like we mentioned earlier, the the real side of both people kind of shine through. And at that point, it's like, you know, are we truly compatible? You know, we had this sort of relationship going on for three, four, five, six months. You know, we were doing great. We were in that stage, that honeymoon stage. Everything seemed awesome. But now when you really peel back the layers and see who we truly are, can we go forward like this? Like, are we truly compatible knowing um, who we really are now? And I think that's kind of a question a lot of people before diving into, say, a serious relationship or marriage even, because um, a lot of people make that mistake, I think. Uh, they have to really think about that. Yeah, let's hear it for not eloping to Vegas after 48 hours <laughs> yeah. or 45 yeah. minutes. Having 10 cocktails and then going, oh. We I should be married. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's a little bit of uh, liquid confidence towards prolonging the honeymoon process, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, there should be another phase in there or another term that we should coin. You know, when you first meet, you got the butterflies. You don't know each other. So really, you're imagining the other person being someone, hopefully, that they are who you envision them to be. And that should be the infatuation stage rather than the honeymoon stage. Should be? No, I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. So you're getting to know each other. So that really is the infatuation stage. You get to know each other. Things are working out. And then you're settling down into, I really get you. And, you know, you may be cranky today, but that's fine because you're a good person. 
And then they settle into the honeymoon stage where they get each other, appreciate each other, love each other. Not because of who they wish this person's going to be, but who they really are. They get each other. And then that's where they should stay. And that's where people are always trying to find out how can we keep the spark, the liveliness of a relationship alive? You know, how can we keep that from going away and mistreating each other and not appreciating one another? I think you said it perfectly. Well, I mean, I think one caveat that I would give to it is perfectly as she just said it, is if this needs to end, you end it. I think a lot of times people are looking for an artificial honeymoon when really they should just break up. And that initial stage where you're infatuated, you know, you can get kind of clouded by beauty vision as I talk about it sometimes. And if you don't have options and you're sort of desperate to get married or sort of desperate to get in a relationship, sometimes you can get a little cloudy there. So what's the difference between a honeymoon period and deluding yourself, for God's sakes? What do you guys think about that? Yeah, that's a great point, man. And I I 100% agree with that. I think especially a lot of, and you, you and I deal with this a lot, Scott, with a lot of the men we coach and, and dating. I think a lot of guys tend to be needy when they do that, when they want to find a relationship or they want to make it work when they kind of, when there's a lot of red flags or signals that maybe they're not the, they're not with the right person and maybe they'll force it because the woman's beautiful or, you know, consequently on, on the other hand, maybe the the woman will force it if you know she thinks the guy's really attractive or she thinks he has a great job or um, you know she likes some other characteristic about him. But if there's a lot of red red flags popping out in the beginning, it's a big sort of call to kind of really examine whether you're stepping into the right relationship or whether you should be continuing the relationship and taking that next step. And like you said, after that honeymoon period when all things kind of come to surface. If it's not looking good, you really have to cut your losses and kind of move on and find somebody else. Otherwise, you end up stuck in you know, a marriage or a long-term relationship with someone who just brings you down or you're miserable, miserable with. And I think that's one of the big reasons why the divorce rate in America is so high. I agree. That's a perfect point, which explains why a lot of people don't have a honeymoon after a short period of time of being married and being miserable together because they tried forcing something that should have never been made together to begin with. Well, we've been socialized to believe that the honeymoon does end rather quickly and we're stuck with this. That's the way it's supposed to be, as twisted and dysfunctional as that sounds. And so people accept it and they live their life that way. And if they took the time to find the right match and be happy together like the two of you are and like we are, then when you finally get into the marriage stage and get married and you live years and years together, it's an enjoyable life. You just horrify those two poor people on the other end. <laughs> I doubt that. Like, oh my no, God. Not really? yet. <laughs> so anyway, we were talking about this whole idea of what that initial stage, that infatuation stage is like. In your opinion, you two, what's that morphing into for you guys over time? It's definitely morphing into us understanding each other, um, us getting each other, us kind of knowing uh, what our quirks are. Like, for instance, um, I don't wipe the sink much. I, I often forget <laughs> to do that. I sometimes forget to wash my dishes after I'm done. Uh, Too quickly enough. <laughs> I, I leave the toothpaste out sometimes in the sink. Like, little things like that that Sarah hates. And then there's things about Sarah, like, you know, after she gets up after a nap or in the morning sometimes if I get up before her, She's very grouchy, so I got to kind of <laughs> take a step back and, you know, kind of let it play itself out and then, you know, re-examine in five, ten minutes when she's kind of leveled off. Um, so there's little things like that 
can push people away or like maybe drive a relationship into the ground. But if you're kind of aware of these things and go with them and kind of understand how your partner is, you can work around them and really just work with them and, and figuring out how each other is and like what makes each other tick and what makes them kind of upset and then do your best to kind of steer clear or respect what works for them. So it's really kind of a give and take. But the more you, after the honeymoon stage, the more you can kind of understand and kind of really open your eyes to your partner and how they are, the better I think your relationship is going to be in the long term. And I agree with Justin said. And also, I think me and Justin still have like a lot of passion and chemistry for each other. Like I'm always very excited to see him. And I know he is for me. We like still enjoy hanging out and we still have a very good sexual relationship, which I think is really important. Um, But yeah, I mean, we respect each other. We know what our quirks are and we kind of work around those and know regardless of things annoy us, we still love each other for them. And I think it just works. And we're still excited to see each other and love each other at the end of the day. That's so beautifully said. That's adorable. Yeah, I agree with the both of you. And you no, know, Justin, I noticed that when you were pointing out each other's little quirks, a little differences and stuff, things that might irritate each other, those are just little tiny things, which is different from a lot of people who don't fit when the difference is, and I think the huge difference is, you know, a personality quirk or, you know, leaving the toothpaste out compared to someone who has a huge character flaw is, you know, quite different. And so a lot of people out there who shouldn't be together, if they look at the situation and say, okay, are we looking at a little tiny irritant that it's something I can overlook because it's not that big of a deal? Or are we looking at a huge personality character flaw? And I think that's something, you know, a lot of people have to evaluate honestly when they're dating people. Well, the big question is, who is this directed at? Is it just me being... (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking more big picture. <laughs> Excuse me. But, uh, I'm thinking <clears throat> to grab my composer back by the cojones forcefully from my wife. <laughs> a little push me, pull you power struggle in the marriage at the moment because we get each other. Um, you know, the funny thing there is when you have someone who is acting against you, someone who's being antagonistic towards you, that's different than them just waking up in the morning cranky. That's where you start to learn each other's idiosyncrasies, blah, blah, blah. You know, the tired and hungry thing. Still need my coffee in the morning. Yeah, that. Yes. (laughs) But I'll tell you something, Justin and Sarah. There's another level to this relationship that I think we've gotten to after over a decade that you all still get to look forward to. That's the next phase where you hire somebody to clean up the toothpaste and the dishes. So you don't ever have to worry about them again. <laughs> Definitely need to do that. That's where you go from honeymoon stage to vacation stage. <laughs> Great. And I think the part we don't get yet is when the kids all leave and go to college. That's oh, I when know. you get like, you know, That's blissful it. nirvana stage. That's a whole nother level. <laughs> it's a whole nother world we don't understand yet. No, I can't even comprehend it, frankly. We got to fight. Be like completely starting over. Yeah, we'll be 80 years old and we won't be there yet. No. You want another kid for gosh sake. Well, we'll have grandkids living with us, so I don't think we'll ever reach that stage. An assembly line, for God's sake. I know. Push one in, bring another one in. Push one out, bring another one in. Spoken like a true woman. All right, so I got to catch my breath after that. Um, Are you scared yet? Not yet. Horrified. But I'm not going to let anybody see me sweat. After all, I got to remember my audience, remember? 
Um, ultimately, what I hear you saying, Justin and Sarah and Emily, all of us here, I think that whole excitement and the butterflies about what's new, what it morphs into is a safety and security that you have together, which allows you to relax. So you may trade the novelty in for something that I think is just as good, which is comfort and lack of fear that the other person's going to leave, that you have anything to worry about. Now, obviously, in a dysfunctional relationship, that you know could get a wrench thrown in it. But I think ultimately, I think at least what we're looking for here from a healthy relationship is that you're not sick of each other. Your relationship is evolving in the best, most mature way possible. So you're spending time with your best friend. You're spending time with someone you like. Yeah. Like Jessica says, when she sees you, Jessica. She, I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, Sarah, like Sarah said, his sister's name. <laughs> That's funny. A little clairvoyance there. <laughs> I think so. Like Sarah Who's said, Jessica, I don't know. She sounds like a Jessica. <laughs> like Sarah what said, she gets excited when she sees you, you know, the room just lights up and her heart just jumps. And I feel that way when she I gets see excited Scott. when she sees Jessica. No, Jessica. <laughs> Sarah gets excited when she sees Justin. Oh, I thought you were talking about our daughter. No. Well, she gets excited when she sees me too. Oh, yes. (laughs) Anyway, you were saying. So anyway, so it evolves into that safety, that security, but that excitement's still there. You know, you still have that. Part of the reason why we feel safe and secure, we can feel free to be excited about, you know, seeing each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I agree 100%. Me too. (laughs) Well, thank you for adding to this discussion so much. Please feel free to jump in at any time. Um, or let me ask you guys a question instead of just leaving you hanging like that. What I think is that if you have a healthy relationship, you recognize the fact that it's no fun to bore each other. You kind of think of it in terms of boring yourself. Like if I'm not going to sit around and be boring to myself, then why would I be bored to have this other person in my life? Why don't we help make life exciting for each other? Why don't we be a team? And I think as long as you think of yourselves as a team, especially as opposed to being adversaries, like you're trying to keep me from my happiness, like it's what I want versus what you want. When you have that mutual generosity, I think like we've always said, one plus one equals three or four or 15 or 2,000. That's the McKay house. (laughs) house. It's multiplying every day with all these babies. (laughs) We love every one of them. That's right. Well, And I think that's something that's important for people to think about is as couples, what can we do together to work as a team? Uh, What can we do to excite one another? Uh, I know here recently we just took up, well, I know the kids have been doing it for a while, but Scott wanted to do BMXing. And so he's like, are you going to ride with us? I'm like, no. And uh, of course, I changed my mind real quickly (laughs) and uh, showed up in the garage with my BMX gear on. Much to his surprise. But I did that because we're a family and we do it together and it's supporting a unity. Plus, you look really cute in the BMX outfit. <laughs> and I knew you'd love it. Yeah. See, <laughs> it was much to my delight and surprise. I know. So as long as couples are doing things for each other to excite each other that way, find a hobby that you both can share together. That helps contribute towards those feelings. Well, seeing as how I've still yet to ask a question, even though I promised that a couple minutes ago, <laughs> so I better get to asking. Ask. So, Justin and Sarah, (laughs) what else would you add to this conversation in terms of what it means to evolve as a couple over time? What tangible ideas can you give to anybody listening who may be just starting a relationship and might have a little bit of trepidation that, hey, you know what? Maybe the honeymoon phase is going to fade. How can they begin to reframe that a little? 
Yeah, I think uh, Emily touched on a great point, and it's really all about thinking in terms of we instead of I going forward. Like, if you really want a relationship to work, I think the biggest takeaway, uh, probably from this conversation even, is to start thinking in terms of we, like, what can we do together going forward? It's not anymore, you know, an individual relationship where it's like two individuals. It's now we. It's now us. It's now what do we like? You know, you're still an individual. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, if you want a relationship to work, you really have to kind of think about what both people um, want going forward, what their needs are, what their desires are, what they like to do, and then do your best to kind of fit into that and play into making each other happy going forward. Like you said, Emily, you're not a BMX type of person, but you knew that your family wanted to do it. You knew Scott wanted to do it. And so you put on the gear and you know, surprise Scott. And I think it was probably not only did you look great like Scott said, but I'm sure he was really excited because you kind of made that concession um, for him. And I, I think he really appreciates that because, you know, it means a lot to him. And if other people listening can do that as well and make, you know, little concessions here or there, or maybe try something out that you're not naturally good at or, or like doing, like even Sarah, for instance, doing this podcast, she's never done a podcast before. She's kind of camera shy. You know, she's, like I said, doing a great job and I love it and I love her for it. Um, but she's not, it's not something she typically would love to do, but I love her because she does little things like that here or there to do as much with me as possible. And I kind of try to do the best to return the favor. Um, and I also think, like you said, Scott, earlier, um, past the honeymoon phase, like sex is important, but it's not the only thing. And if that's all you're looking for, then you're kind of aiming to fail. Sex is obviously important, but you can also have it with anybody. I think past the honeymoon stage and being in the honeymoon stage, you want a deeper connection with your partner. So like developing a deeper connection, getting to know them on a deeper level, finding out things that maybe you didn't know about them and things that maybe they enjoy that you don't, but you kind of respect that and try and become a part of that and vice versa. Things aren't just sexual. It has to be a deeper connection. I think if you're going in the direction of wanting to make things deeper, you're going to still stay in the honeymoon phase for the most part, I think. I think that's an incredibly solid point. Matter of fact, both of you just made incredibly solid points. To me, while you all were talking, I was kind of ruminating on the idea of looking forward to the future instead of fearing it. And I think if you're afraid of what might happen, if you're afraid of losing your partner, if you're afraid this is all going to devolve into something horrible and you're going to end up hating each other, then maybe you ought to listen to that voice. But if you're excited over the future, like I think you said, Emily, all the profound things you're saying, this is great. (laughs) I think, you know, that is a great pointer towards something good happening from that relationship. Both of you are optimistic. You know, we talk about optimistic and generous and getting each other. If you're giving to each other instead of trying to take, 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 both of you are going to feel better about that. And then when you think not only highly of the future, but you think highly of each other. Right. Because you got people with character who are together, who belong together, who get each other and uh, who are looking out for the best interests of each other. What a great world. Yeah, terrific. That's really the seed of a great relationship. And it's the seed of being happy in that relationship, looking forward to the next day in that relationship. And to me, I think that's what a true, well-grounded, quote-unquote, honeymoon phase should be all about. It should be a honeymoon life together. Mm-hmm. I know that still sounds really Pollyanna-ish, but truthfully, you guys and gals who are listening, Emily and I do still, even 10 years later, wake up happy to see each other. We miss the heck out of each other when we're gone. Mm -hmm. So Justin, Sarah, we're still pretty much like you are nowadays. Yeah. And like last night when you came to bed late 
I couldn't sleep and I couldn't sleep when you finally showed up. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy you're in bed. I love it when you're here next to me. <laughs> yeah, I got to stop. I say the same those, thing. <laughs> yeah, I got to stop going out on those late night benders and getting drunk and <laughs> coming home with kiss marks all over my face and my collar. Actually, here's the true point. I was out cleaning the garage. Yes. Until like two o'clock in the morning. Nice. You there can believe whichever version you want, but Emily's happy <laughs> and smiling. So guess which one's really true. Folks, this has been a great conversation. Justin and Sarah, you've given a lot to this conversation, and I knew you would because of the perspective that you offer. And Justin, I want to give these folks a chance to listen to your brand new show on iTunes, which I'm excited about. Having spoken at your conference before and been a guest on your other show, and that's called The Justin Stenstrom Show. Who else, right? That's right. <laughs> and uh, Justin, you have some great guests. You're an excellent interviewer. So I'm going to encourage folks to go to iTunes or wherever you found this show and find Justin's show. It's under the self-help category, still under health, just like this one. And uh, definitely get you some. Justin and Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. What a great conversation. Delightful. Thank you. It's been a joy having you guys here too. Thanks so much, Scott and Emily. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you, guys. It was such a pleasure to have be on with you guys. <laughs> Way too much up. laughing. <laughs> we're, too, we're too happy in this show. Something must be wrong, huh? <laughs> I jest, obviously. Uh, folks, if you want to get in on our newsletter, definitely go to www.deservewhatyouwant.com. That's man-friendly and woman-friendly. We encourage you to get on the newsletter list. I send high-character information to you every day on how to get better with members of the other gender and have a great relationship like the four of us have in our own lives. And also, you can click that big red button in the upper right-hand corner and talk to us live one-on-one for 25 minutes. Let us know what's on your mind. Help us uh, find out whether we can sort out for you how to have a better relationship or get into the right relationship if you're not there already. Until we talk to you again real soon, this is Scott McKay. And this is Emily McKay. Be good. And have fun. You've been listening to the X and Y on the Fly Dating Podcast with Scott and Emily McKay. Copyright 2009 by the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be sure to listen to Scott and Emily's other podcasts, including The Chick Whisperer, Dating Cast, and Online Dating Profile Rating, all found on iTunes or at x-net-media.com. Also, check out Scott and Emily on the web at www.deservewhatyouwant.com. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be good and have fun.